Hi everybody and welcome back to PH Expanded. This is the post Crystal Palace discussion. <laughs> ah, la, la la la. I don't even know how I feel watching Arsenal anymore. If you've uh, if you've just read my piece, you will probably be as uh, as dizzy as I was writing that. Um, it was. <laughs> I, I try to make it comical at the beginning because I wasn't feeling in a comical mood. I needed to get myself in the mood to even want to write because I was so hoping we could catapult ourselves up the league and then again on Friday and and it didn't happen and we weren't even close. I think that is the disappointing part. We weren't really even close. Ah. Gosh, supporting Arsenal. Well, listen, um, starting with the sliding doors moment, and I, uh, if you've been reading my work for, for a while, you'll know that I rarely, if ever, talk about referees because I, I, intentionally, I have an opinion on it, but I intentionally stay away from it because it's what everybody else is talking about on social media. I, uh, I can't stay away from that moment with MacArthur and Saka. And that's the sliding doors moment of the game for me, no doubt whatsoever, because we were one nil up to my best memory, I believe so yet, yeah. and um if he gets sent off, which was arguably the easiest refereeing decision of the season, um then that game probably doesn't turn out that way uh so you know I'm gonna have a a soapbox about this. You know, I was watching the other day, I think it was, oh gosh, I think it's Vinnie Jones and Steve McMahon, Wimbledon, Liverpool, and it was just one of those Twitter clips of what football was like in the in the 80s, you know, and how you could kick lumps out of people and get away with it because they would just get up. And sometimes they'd literally punch you in the face and then that player would fall down after being punched in the face. So if you're, you know, you were born post-1980, you may not have seen this before, but yeah, that's true. You could, they could take a full swing at you like MacArthur did to Saka today and the player wouldn't even necessarily fall down or you could be punched in the face and you might fall down if the momentum of the punch knocked you down, but you would be faking it. I'm sure you all know that. But I can't remember a moment, and there, I suppose there's been some, but since that period of time when I started to follow football, where I've seen such a flagrant... I mean, he volleyed Saka. His foot was probably four feet from where the ball was. And, you know, Saka's got the ball in front of him and MacArthur's behind him, so... There's no way that any referee or even my Auntie Marion that I like to talk about a lot could possibly look at that and think that A, he was going for the ball or B, it was an accident or he slipped. He took a full volley at full speed at Saka's lower calf. And, you know... If there was an award, which there isn't, but maybe there should be, 
for the easiest VAR decision of the season, that would win. There's been more controversial ones. And you think about how did he touch him? Was it deliberate? Is it a dive? I'm not sure. And we watch it from this angle and that angle. And I think, yeah, but my biases come in. No, none of that. That was the most blatant foul, I think, of the Premier League season and the worst non-VAR overturning decision by a mile. And I am sort of having a hard time letting go of that because that changed the game. Even though Arsenal, you know, in hindsight, did not deserve anything more than they got and probably didn't deserve that. But And the other piece to it that I don't understand is that the players at our club, I, I know that I know that I know that Arteta has told them not to um, use these incidences as excuses. It's very obvious in the way that they react, the way he reacts. But that was so flagrant. I just, the the male um, adrenaline, the, just the, the man in my sports life just comes out when I watch that. And if I'm standing anywhere, in fact, if I'm Ramsdale standing 70 yards away, I see that I am sprinting towards the referee and getting in his face and asking him why on earth he hasn't been sent off. And I did have no idea why the Arsenal players did not do that because there are some incidences where you've got to stick up for your teammates. And unfortunately, that incident needed that. It needed for Saka to roll around and scream. I don't know what he needed to do, but he was genuinely in pain and nearly had probably had his leg broken. But what a bizarre incident that that did not result in a straight red card and a three-game ban for violent conduct. That is the textbook, you know, uh, referee clinic. Hey, refs, look at this. This is violent conduct. Guys, if you see this, you give... You give a straight red card and all the referees are looking at it and thinking, well, that would never happen. Nobody volleys somebody in the lower leg when the ball is four feet away. Nobody does that anymore. That was the 80s. Doesn't happen anymore. Well, it did. Oh, gosh. Okay. Got to move on. Um, I do have a positive that I want to talk about. Um, And I've noticed a pattern with our sub-motivation coming on the field, which is encouraging me. I noticed it tonight in Martinelli and Lacazette, and I can't say Laconga wasn't driven as well, but Martinelli and Lacazette really looked like they wanted to turn the game around and turn the mood, and that's very positive. I see it in Tavares every time he comes onto the field. I see... Uh, such drive in him. Uh, I, um, I'm i trying to think throughout the team. Who else has shown that to me? Pepe has done it at times as well. But that is a positive for Arsenal moving forward this season. 
that our substitutes want to change the game. Maybe it's because they're absolutely itching for playing time with the lack of Europa League and such. Uh, they can't get their hands on playing time. And when they finally do, maybe that's what it is, but but it's working and we need to capitalise on that. Uh, whether that means using them earlier, perhaps, we'll see. But um, I would want to sit down if I was Mikel Arteta and I'd want to think about how I could utilise my subs to their max because they seem so hyper-motivated, which is wonderful. Um, the need that I wanted to pick out was the... Uh, transition that we are still struggling with. You know, when Arsene Wenger was in charge and then Unai Emery, we've struggled for over a decade in in how we deal with the transition and stopping these counterattacks that punish us regularly. And now it's slightly different. It used to be laziness and it used to be unstructured um, uh, or the balance between attacking and defending being anonymous. Uh, under Wenger in particular. But now it's a little more simplistic. I don't think it's a lack of effort or a lack of structure per se. It seems to be that we've got players going north when others are going south and the group not knowing, do we step up and into these forwards who are checking into the half spaces and squeeze behind and, and you know nullify this? Or do we back off and do we run back to our goal and give our midfielders a chance to get back and help us? What is it that we're doing? Because it looks like we're trying to do both and not succeeding at either. And I think that that seems to be really hurting the team. I did want to pick up another uh, pattern that I'm seeing. I could write a whole piece about this, but the Burnley game, the Brentford game, the Palace game, the Brighton game. These are teams that in years past, we uh, wouldn't have always comfortably won, but we'd feel fairly comfortable going into these games and coming out of these games. And now these four teams and these games we've played this season, I didn't see these four teams look like they were the slightest bit afraid of Arsenal. That's something to stop and consider. And that's not something you can just change overnight. Uh, I think if I was put, I like to try to give a solution. So I'm not going to say I don't know what to do. I don't like that when people say that in, in a position like this. So I, I do have a solution, not that it would be the solution. And I think t- to Arsenal's credit, maybe they'll get there because I think the fast start, if you start fast against these teams, which we have, and we've tried to, not always getting the goals. If you do get a goal or two up, then you can change their mentality from we're not scared of Arsenal to, oh, they're actually pretty good. And uh, I'm not sure that we can win this game today. So maybe that will come in time. Wanted to pick up on the Patrick Vieira um, storyline. I was happy, I suppose, in some regard to see a brand new Crystal Palace because of Patrick Vieira and the fact that he in only a few months has has uh, taken that team from you know long ball low percentage 
hopeful balls up top to the big man to a completely different style, which is conducive to the players that they've got as well. And they've got, like us, they've got a lot of young talent coming through, some of it which is not getting on the field just yet. And you'll see that in Michael Olise and then, of course, Ebiezi when he comes back. But um, I suppose if I can separate myself from my disappointments uh, of what happened this evening, I... Uh, I was encouraged that Patrick Vieira has managed to do that because I was concerned that Arsenal were going to, at some point in Patrick Vieira's career, that they were going to go for him, uh, make him the coach of Arsenal, and that he wouldn't be up to it, based on what I saw when he um, uh, was in uh, Nice um, in the US. uh, You know, hadn't really worked out for him and looked like he may be another top, top player that didn't really have the uh, the quality um, to turn that level of understanding of the game and talent of the game, in the game, to management and coaching. So looking further down the line, beyond the disappointment, I'm thinking that that was encouraging to see Patrick Vieira and I can't pretend that that doesn't make me smile a little bit to see that he's doing a good job there because uh, as all the fans who went to the game will attest to the first thing that happened when he walked out wasn't an Arsenal chance it was a Vieira chance and and he deserved that for his time at the club. Before I go I just wanted to do a little ad for uh, the Guna fanzine. I've been blessed in recent times to be invited to do a regular column. It's called Coach Mike's Clipboard, which uh, I think is kind of neat. And I've been hoping for uh, that kind of thing with the fanzine world and also with punditry on television, that they get coaches more involved in breaking down and analysing and not always being former players. Not saying that me or anybody else who's a coach knows more It's just a different vantage point. And so uh, I would encourage you to give the Guna a read and a subscription anyway, because it's a wonderful publication with many good writers and, of course, so much more interesting than the official programme, if interesting is what you're looking at. Uh, So uh, take a look at that and check out my Coach Mike's clipboard if you can and, and you'll see that every month and the new edition has, has just come out with some fantastic artwork as well so hey thanks I always greatly appreciate you reading my blog listening to my 15 minutes and can only hope that we uh, put in a Spurs type performance against Villa and by that I mean a, a top performance as we did against Spurs and that focus for 90 minutes so we can actually control an entire game rather than just leave us dizzy with these 30-minute periods, 20-minute periods, and then everything just changes. So I'm praying. Pray with me. God bless everybody. Cheers. ta